and we are live. Hey, hi everybody. Nice to see you in this wonderful evening of fall. And yeah, I'm so happy. I'm Caroline and I'm doing this puppet podcast with a lot of passion. Nice to see you, everyone who are watching. So feel free to write down from where you are watching. I'm so happy and honored because tonight I receive a wonderful, talented puppeteer from Los Angeles. So yeah, here is Adrian Rose Leonard. I say it with my French accent. But before the interview, I just want to let you know that we have promotion tools for puppeteers and we launched this wonderful Patreon. So I want to let you know that this exists and this is cool for helping puppeteers to, to build their craft, but also to, to have some tips and tricks on promotion. So those are the kind of workshops. So if you go on, on the page, you could see the workshop that we did in the past, but also stay tuned for the one for the future. So we have, let me scroll up like this. We have some about streaming, like how we we handle this live streaming, new fashion of doing puppetry and how we can get some some reward for it, some, some money, how to handle that thing with client and stuff. So here is the stuff that we we want to do and help with this knowledge that we have with the Puppet Podcast. So yeah, everyone, feel free to come in and interact with us during this wonderful interview because we will cross the American continent. So I'm based in Montreal, Canada, and we will fly to Los Angeles. So everyone, please welcome in the screen, Mrs. Adrian Rose Leonard. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yay, I'm so I'm so happy to have someone from the West Coast. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it real out here in LA. It's a little chilly today, so we're we're entering fall. It's nice. It's a nice change yeah. of pace. <laughs> yeah. And I want Adrian to ask you this question to have you introduce yourself for the people who want to discover your wonderful personality. Excellent. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me on this show. And I, I love what you're doing. And I love discovering all the talent all over the world through your podcast. It's really great. So thanks again for having me. Um, my name is Adrian Rose Leonard. Uh, and I can give you a little bit of my puppetry history. Um, I started out in probably it was it was like late 2006. Uh, I worked in Nashville, Tennessee for the Nashville Public Library. Uh, they have a wonderful puppet program there uh, that was started by Tom Titchener, uh, I think back in the 30s. Um, and they continued his tradition with his marionettes. And um, it was this really interesting situation where I kind of decided to finally pursue puppetry as a career. And I was telling all my friends and they all said, you know, you should check out the Nashville Public Library. And so I went and I saw uh, a Halloween show. They were doing uh, the tale of uh, Sleepy Hollow. And it was great. Like they were doing shadow puppetry and all this great stuff. And, and the kids were loving it. And after the show, I, I went backstage and I said, look, I really don't know what I'm doing when it comes to puppetry, but I really 
really am passionate about it. I'm obsessed with it and uh, I'd love to volunteer. And they were like, you know, we're hiring right now. And they just interviewed me and hired me. It was like this really weird serendipitous thing of, uh, you know, I, I, I just had this moment of like, this is what I want to do. And then I was getting paid to do it. So I was very lucky and um, I learned an incredible amount uh, there at the library. And so I kind of got my start with marionettes, oddly enough. Uh, and then I was there for about five years and I kind of wanted to sort of branch out and expand my knowledge. And uh, I, I said, I'm either going to go to New York, Chicago or Los Angeles. And I already knew a bunch of people out here in LA. And so I said, well, I've got kind of a support team out in LA. So let me go out there and see what's going on. Uh, and so I came out to LA and, you know, I doggy paddled for about three years, just like doing everything and anything that I could possibly get my hands on to uh, learn and get my name out there and just network. Uh, and I've been out here since, I guess, 2011. And uh, I'm I'm full-time puppeteer. I don't have to be a waitress. I don't have to do other gigs. There's nothing wrong with being a waitress, but I don't have to do that. <laughs> I can actually support myself uh, as a puppeteer and a puppet builder. I also am a puppet wrangler. So I do all sorts of different stuff. Uh, but that is kind of my history uh, in, in the biz. So was that a long enough answer? <laughs> That's Perfect. That's so cool because we, we get the, the taste of your your personality and, and your vision of the work. So that's true that at the beginning we need to <laughs> dug in, do this, this networking. It's part yeah. of the job. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So are you ready, Adrian, for the deep question of the Puppet Podcast? I'm ready. So the first is what, like the why thing, what makes the art of puppetry an art that you cherish? I love that question. Uh, you know, I think why I cherish it so much is that it has allowed me to remain a kid. As, uh, as silly as that may sound, um, I've had a lot of office jobs <laughs> and once I found puppetry, I, I realized, first of all, I realized all of the skills that I had learned throughout my life sort of fed into it. Uh, and it allowed me to sort of play all the time. And, and the, world, the world of puppetry is so big, really, in a sense that you can create everything. If you want, you can create the sets, you can create the story, you can direct it, you can build the puppets, you can perform the puppets. So it's this entire world building sort of um, medium that I think really allows a person to be completely expressive in, in who they are and what stories they wanna tell. And like I said, I get to play all the time. I mean, I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet. So I think that's why I cherish it so much, so. That's a great answer. That's that's true that ooh, we need to cherish the fact that we are able to work and keep working also in this in this field. So I want to let you know, Adrienne, that we have people watching from Honduras, Honduras ooh. and Philippines. Oh, excellent. <laughs> hi, <Thank you. laughs> yeah, hi, Arturo in Wanlu. It's so cool, yeah, to have people from all over. 
So yeah, the next question is your crush. Like when, like how your crush for puppetry happened? Oh man. Well, I would like to say that I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how old I am now. I was born in 1977, so I'm I'm gonna be 44, I think, in January. But I say that because I was a child of the 80s, and I think we're the luckiest generation when it comes to puppetry because almost every aspect of entertainment was filled with puppetry, whether it was me growing up watching Sesame Street and learning my ABCs, thanks to Jim Henson, or if it was also Jim Henson working in fantastical fantasy films like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and that. And then of course, even as I got older in my teens and started getting into like monster movies and, you know, like, gore and horror effects, which I love, uh, that was also filled with puppetry, whether it was animatronics or cable operated puppets. It was just, it was everywhere, like TV shows. I mean, I watched ALF as a kid. I mean, there were so many children's programs that were filled with puppetry. So it was, I think it, it was something that I kind of always knew that I was I wanted to be a part of because I was I would see these fantastic animals and characters and creatures and I would say like I know I know that's not real but I it feels so real how did they create this thing that that I know it's not a real luck dragon but it seems like you could be there and be riding on that luck dragon you know and so I think it was just I mean, it was it was sort of like a, a I was a sponge for it. I just soaked it all in, and I was fascinated, sort of, with the um, the art and the science behind it. Because, like I said, it was like even though I was a kid and I kind of knew it wasn't real, it was like, how do they make that stuff? How do they uh, bring it to life? And so, you know, I th I think that's really where it started. And you know, nowadays <laughs> you can rent a DVD or Blu-ray and you can have all these special features where you can learn all about how they make this stuff. But when I was a kid, we didn't have a lot of that. We had a couple of books uh, about puppetry in our library. I'm from a smaller town, so uh, there weren't a, a lot of books on these things because they weren't in demand. But I would always rent uh, or check out from the library the VHS of Inside the Labyrinth and the making of Thriller. <laughs> and I was like obsessed with these things of like how they're making all this stuff. And I'd sit and do my own little drawings of how Jim Henson designed and built these amazing creatures. And, uh, and you know, I just didn't quite have the, the knowledge of, of materials and, and things like that because I, did, I didn't live in a place like Los Angeles. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't for for many many years before I actually was able to to gain more knowledge and really pursue it as a career. But it was always there. It's always been lurking, waiting to just blah, <laughs> come out of me. And uh, and yeah. So uh, and I can just really quickly. I know we have a lot of questions and I ramble on, but um, no problem. Uh, I I do remember the moment 
that I decided to become a puppeteer was uh, I was living in Nashville and uh, the Lion King came to town and I was looking at these people going, these people are getting paid to do this. Like, this is a career. You can do this and get paid, (laughs) you know? And it never occurred to me that like these people had to figure out how to do that and get into that role. And I just kind of made a decision like, I'm going to quit my job. (laughs) I started putting myself through like night college because I was like, I don't really know how I'm going to do this, but I know I need to get on a path of of some sort of education because I knew there were a couple of places in America where you could get like a master's degree in puppetry. So I thought it's going to be like 10 years before I ever touch a puppet. But that was at the same time that I went to the public library and talked to them about um, volunteering. And then that's when I got a job. So like I said, it was like it was like within six months, I was like, I'm going to be a puppeteer. And then I was actually a professional puppeteer, even though I was still learning. I was getting paid. So it's a it's a long love affair with yeah that that's what we say how to change the crush into a serious relationship Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's the next question like how like for you in your opinion what would be like the best feel of study the best path for someone to become a puppeteer yeah i think well you know and it depends on kind of what you feel your your uh not really your strengths are or anything, but it's like some people are are a little bit more of like, I want to do the voices and I want to yeah. do the characters. And some people are, are more builders. Like I do everything. Uh, I think my strengths kind of lie in building uh, and things like that more than character development, even though I wish I did a little bit more of that. But when I do talk to my friends who are great uh character uh performers uh they all say you know take some acting lessons you know so i think if you really want to perform and you want to work on voice and character development then acting classes voiceover classes um my the the things that i've done in throughout my life that i feel really sort of fed into puppetry uh are that i i'm a drummer and a musician in general. So I play guitar, I play, so I have this sort of natural uh, sort of feel for rhythm. And I feel like puppetry requires a a bit of a knowledge of rhythm or a a natural feel for rhythm because oftentimes you're working with people, you're working with other people and you're almost dancing a little bit, you know? So I feel like music and dance all feeds into that. Um, Of course, art, any kind of art classes, uh, theater classes. I feel like I feel like you can't get enough knowledge if you want to be a puppeteer or a puppet builder because every it seems like every creative aspect feeds into puppetry. So you really can't go wrong just sort of starting with different things. You know, just try different stuff, whatever kind of feeds you feeds your soul then then study that more and and explore different avenues and i also uh highly recommend joining puppet guilds even though it's not necessarily i mean a lot of guilds offer uh workshops which is great and also networking like you you really you can't go wrong joining a puppetry guild whether it's a national guild we have the puppeteers of america or UNAMA USA or UNAMA in general throughout the world. Uh, 
the Los Angeles Guild of Puppetry um, is fantastic. So your local guilds, things like that, you're going to find workshops. You're going to find other people who have years of knowledge who are willing to share that knowledge with you. So, you know, you really, you know, it's the everything, everything. <laughs> I recommend everything. Yeah, you have to connect yourself with art and as you bring the rhythm thing, I think it's really key. I agree also mm -hmm. that the music and the motion is, is so linked to that. But yeah, yeah, the next is about the definition because it, it's also important to define what we are doing. So in your own word, what what is a puppet? Yeah. Um, well, I think I think anything can be a puppet, you know, whether it's like object puppetry or if yeah. it's a, a hand puppet, a Muppet with very specific eyes and a mouth. And, you know, it's a very, you know, recognizable sort of character. Pardon me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that the the importance is really uh, being able to create uh, soul and character in whatever that object or puppet is and and it being something that the the audience whoever you're performing for can sort of identify with it or empathize with it and uh, because that's that's what we're all doing every day when we interact with each other is we're we're sort of learning to empathize because we we have we're sharing these, uh, experiences and um, I think I think that's really key. I don't know. I I'm I think when you know when you see a good puppet show, it's it's something that has moved you, uh, something that you walk away from and you you're thinking about it. You're not just thinking, oh, that was a funny character that kind of told a funny story. It's like I mean that's puppetry, but. Um, I think it's really, uh, yeah, it, it all has to do with the soul and the character, I feel like. So yeah. if you can if you can make somebody look at like your phone or something and you're like, oh my gosh, that phone's so sad, then you did it. You, you, you're doing your job right. <laughs> yeah, you get the character there. It's so true. Yeah. And, and yeah, that that's funny because it's kind of the goal of the puppeteer to bring the the breathing, the illusion of life, as you, you said. But um, I want to ask you also your big goals for your career or the future for, for yourself with puppetry. Oh, wow. Yeah. My big goals, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, uh, with the, the pandemic and everything, you know, you sort of start assessing, like, what am I doing in yeah. this world? What does existence mean? You know, and uh, you get all those feelings again. Because, so, you know, it's easy to sort of just, you're on the same path, you're sort of trudging along and you're just doing your thing. And um, I think recently I really uh, have have set some five-year goals for myself. And one of those is to do more directing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I went to film school before I ever got into puppetry. The reason why I moved to Nashville from my smaller town in Tennessee was to go to film school. And uh, I, I really wanted to be able to sort of create a, a whole world. You know, I was kind of talking earlier about the, one of the things I love about puppetry is that you can create the entire world. You can figure out what everything looks like and you can design it all if you want. So so I still feel a lot of that. And I, I, I kind of, 
I, I want to direct, and I like the idea of directing humans, but I like the idea of directing puppets more <laughs> because you can do more with puppets. The reason why I want to direct more puppet uh, content is because you can do more cartoonish things or more outrageous things or more fantastic things using puppets. Uh, you know, if you're gonna just sort of have two guys talking to each other, you know, you could just have actors do that. But if yeah. you want somebody to be talking and then rise up and float and fly away, you know, then you can use puppets. So. So I think like, you know, I, I, I look at what I've done in the past and, and I sort of, I'm kind of all over the place. I, I, it's hard for me to settle. <laughs> I, I tend to get bored easily. So I go, oh, I want to build for a while or no, I should really work on my character and voice development. And, and I, and I see people who are these amazing puppet performers and I just go, am I ever going to be that good? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's in me. So I kind of think, well, maybe I should be on the other side of the camera. Maybe I should really be focusing on that aspect and let let those pros really wow. do what they do best. And so, uh, yeah, I think directing in the next five years, I'd like to, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about joining Directors Guild and all that stuff and, and seeing what I can do uh, to get a little closer to that. So it's weird. It's it's not exactly sticking with puppetry, even though I, I'm never going to stop puppeteering and I'm probably never going to stop making puppets. But uh, yeah, directing puppet content, whether it be short films or TV and, and things like that. Yeah, that's such a great goal, like to, to just <laughs> go and step outside because this is puppetry also. Like you, you manipulate and you're outside of it. So directing, it's also this kind of big picture of art form. So that's really nice. I, 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 I can't wait to see what you will create. That's well, so and cool. that's, it's funny you mentioned that it's like, I don't want to just direct one character. I evidently, I want to, I want to puppeteer everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm totally tracking of like your feeling of being all over, like doing many things, be really passionate about different aspects of the, the job. So I, it's, I'm the same. I really understand. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Yay. And uh, yeah, we have people watching. I have to let you know from Alberta, Texas, and Tennessee. Hey, Tennessee. That's my home state. Yeah. I'm proud of some aspects of Tennessee, not all aspects of Tennessee. We still, we still got some work to do there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the next question is about the... the the ascension of puppetry do you feel we are in the the golden age do you feel we have like more to accomplish like the the yeah the ascension but also the full potential where we are right now for puppetry yeah well it's hard to say you know what it's hard to at any point i think say that we're ever in in the fullest potential of anything mm -hmm. you know yeah. because everything's always evolving um, and I do think that, you know, puppetry and its popularity anyway, kind of ebbs and flows. And especially in the U.S., you know, it's, it tends to be, um, I'm sure a lot of people say this uh, when you ask this question, but uh, <clears throat> tends to be for kids. Like, oh, mm -hmm. it's, either, it's either for kids or it's like puppets doing naughty things, you know, and it's like, that's, that's well and good. But there, there's a whole 
world of, of things uh, that can be done with puppetry. And I'm not saying that it's not being done in America. I think yeah. that, that if, if we um, come back from this pandemic and we're doing more live stuff again, I, I would love to see people sort of delving into more um, sort of uh, puppetry and in, in live storytelling and, and theater, because I think it, it has more of a potential than, than people realize. And I think a lot of people have been more exposed to it actually uh, through because of the pandemic, because we're watching a lot of like puppet slams online and things like that. So people, I think all over are getting to see the potential of puppetry and what puppetry can do and what it can be. Uh, because we're able to just like sort of click on something and go, oh my gosh, look at this amazing thing that I've never seen before, mm -hmm. you know? Um, uh, and I do think it's sort of generational as well because, you know, people my age who, like I said, were, are, grew up in with the, I think, really, I think like the golden age of puppetry for me anyway was the 80s because, it, like I said, it was everywhere, at least in America. Um, so I think that that abundance uh, of puppetry that we experienced in our generation, those people are making movies now and they've we've sort of seen that computer generated thing go, oh, eh, you yeah. know, doesn't quite have that same feel. So, yeah. so people are starting to bring puppets back yeah. and they're meshing the technologies, which is great. And, and I think people are, you know, why does everybody like Baby Yoda so much? <laughs> because it's a puppet and it's it's a real thing in real space and you you identify with it you empathize with it more than yeah. if it was a completely computer generated uh thing so i, I think um i think there's always potential uh, there it's always going to evolve and uh i don't think it's ever going to go away and uh i would love to see i think in america specifically i'd just like to see people doing more in the theatrical realm with puppetry. You know, it's like yeah. we're kind of figuring it out on Broadway, like, but it's still kind of sort of used as spectacle. It's like King Kong looks amazing and the the work is incredible and the puppeteers are doing an incredible job, but it's also like, how do we do it where it's not just, you know, like War Horse is beautiful and, but how how can we break that down and make it even more accessible for smaller theater companies and yeah. you know you know what i mean so yeah i don't know that's a really loaded question too <laughs> no, but it, it's great because it's accessibility also it's part mm -hmm. of how we will reach a golden age again or this reach for popularity or or known or i don't it's it's hard to word so i i'm totally yeah. tracking with you so sure. yeah, Adrian, for the conclusion, I always ask my guests to bring a puppet or a funny object in front of the camera. So do you have something ready? I do. Uh, well, first of all, I can point out some of the weird things in the background here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see some headless puppets hanging up. This this guy in the back is my breakdancing humanette that I've done a few times, which was really fun because I it's just my head doing goofy faces while I break dance. And my uh, friend Robin Walsh often does the feet and she's amazing. So, uh, and this guy up here is, uh, I recreated a David Bowie uh, puppet moment from Saturday Night Live. So that's another human at. This weird thing up here that you can't quite see all of, that yeah. is a weird 
uh, you can't quite see it, but that's his head coming down over. Wow. I can't. I should be able to do this because I'm a puppeteer. So <laughs> this this is his head. It's like a skull. And then he's got, but he he moves around on stage. It was for a, a live performance of um, Fahrenheit 451. And the director was like, you know, the mechanical hounds, I want a big scary thing. So it was one of the first things I built when I moved out of here and it was insane. So, uh, and there's no place to store it. So it hangs in my room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I also have, I'm just gonna bring up a couple of um, uh, these are puppets I'm very honored to have. Uh, when my dear friend uh, passed away, uh, I got a couple of Tom Titchener puppets. That he oh. had. So this is a Tom Titchener puppet. He's a little cute bear, huh. and uh, one of the one of his lions, which he's in a little little rough shape. But uh, these guys I'm I'm gonna display at some point. I just haven't had a chance to uh, to do that. But they're so they're hanging out in a box. But they're Tom Titchener's puppets. And yeah, you know, this is like legacy. That's so yeah. cool that you can get this and like it's transmission of of knowledge. So it's great. Exactly. And since that's kind of where I got my start, I felt like that was just a real honor to get a couple of those. Uh, for my collection. And then I have this stupid fly puppet <laughs> that I made very quickly in like three hours uh, when we, when the debates were happening. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but there was this fly that landed on Mike Pence's head and it was, oh, the internet exploded. And uh, I, my partner Travis and I decided we've got to do a fly thing. So <laughs> I made this fly really fast out of some stuff that I just have laying around. So his little wings move and oh, if I can get his little mouth to move here. Yeah. So that was one of these things that's like, I, 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 what am I going to do? I've got a bunch of pieces, bits and pieces of things <laughs> laying around. And uh, I think this is just a, one of those examples of like what you can do in three hours. If you just really want to make something, just go see what you have laying around and you can make a puppet and do a silly, yeah. silly song or a silly show. Yeah, um, we love silly things. <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, and a lot of the things that I've built over the years are have been commissioned. So I don't really have a lot of mm. stuff that I've made for other people. But, uh, you know, uh, that's that's yeah. a little bit of my collection. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's great. And and yes, we have good comment here. We have Arturo who say, reading. Yeah, you are the podcast are always awesome yeah so we do a good job so yeah <laughs> adrian if people want to see more of your work want to reach you where they could see or watch or go yeah yeah um well on instagram and facebook it's pretty much just my name adrian rose leonard so you can type that in and and i'll pop up and uh my website is YoAdrianRose.com. Uh, I tell people Yo Adrian like Rocky because nobody can remember my name. <laughs> they they call me all sorts of other names. Uh, some I won't mention right now on this podcast. But no, um, so yeah, you can just look 
Google Adrian Rose Leonard because there aren't a lot of us out there, thankfully. Uh, and hopefully you'll find me and, and some of the weird stuff I work on. So uh, I'm always posting on Instagram what I'm allowed to post and what I've been working on. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a crazy world out here in L.A. And there's always some fun puppet thing happening. So. That's true. Very LA is, is boiling of creativity. So that's exactly. Amazing. And I wanted to say before we go, I wanted yeah. to say we are all puppeteers at heart because when we're all children, we all start out as puppeteers. We're playing, yeah. we're performing, we're imbibing everything with life. Imbibing? I don't. I think that's drinking. Uh, <laughs> we're imbuing everything with life. I think is the word I should have used. But yeah, so. We're all puppeteers at heart. So yeah. you're not, you know it, you're probably a puppeteer. Yeah, it's a rediscovery of yourself when you start yeah. doing it. That's so exactly. true. On <laughs> those good, wonderful words, Adrian, I will have to push you out of the screen. So say you and, and send Hi. the virtual studio. Okay, we chat after this. Whoa, oh yeah. <laughs> everyone thank you for watching that was an, a, another amazing episode again i'm always so impressed about all of those talent that i met all over the place so here is the patreon again have a look on this because we want to reach all the community and give those workshops out so if you get on the patreon you can have access to all the past workshops so we, we have some about online streaming, some about puppet building with a lot of talented people. So I really recommend that you, you check on this and we have tips and tricks to help puppeteers to promote themselves because if we make the word of now going all over about puppetry, we will get more and more attention and our art form will be all over the place with a lot of passion. So everyone, I wish you a wonderful evening. Next week, we have also two podcasts coming in. So I will say, have a good night and stay safe. And I will find my jingle and we will be in touch. Oh yeah, Patreon address right there. Do, 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 don't forget it. And yes, so see you guys.